I think we've got um, some bad habits, and maybe this is confession more than it is anything else, of uh, walking past really great opportunities to be in relationships with folks. You know what I mean? I think we get preoccupied sometimes with the next thing on the task list that keeps our eyes closed to what's laying plainly in our path. Do you know what I mean? I think we sometimes let all the advice about how to be productive and efficient, where we become the average of the three people we spend the most time with, I think we let that distract us from being present and aware of our surroundings. And I think it keeps us isolated from the people we don't necessarily want to be associated with. We've all seen the scripture passage that Daniel read for us play out in life, right? There's nothing new about it. A rich man, a man with means, a man with privilege, a man with enough to share, walks blindly past a man in need. And the, story, the man in the story that Jesus tells is named Lazarus. Lazarus is a sick man without resources to get the care that he needs. And in Jesus' story, he tells us that the only care that he does receive is from the compassion, not of people, but of dogs who would lick his open sores. I imagine the rich man had important things that were happening in his life. I imagine he was doing really important things with his time. I'm sure he had a really important job doing very important things. I imagine he may have even served on the board of a local homelessness council. I imagine his name may even have been on the wing of a hospital or on a new research facility at one of the best universities in the city. I imagine he was pretty productive and pretty efficient and yet he couldn't see Lazarus laying at his feet every day who was only looking for a few crumbs to fall from his overflowing table I imagine the rich man had a great reputation. In fact, Jesus says that later in the gospel. Jesus says that that reputation will be its own reward, right? For those who build ourselves up in this life. That that built up reputation and massive wealth in this life is its own reward. But eternally, there's a chasm being built. And as the story goes on, the rich man and Lazarus both die, and they both receive what they never had before. Lazarus receives absolute affection and compassion from his ancestor, Abraham, and the rich man receives for the first time in his life the experience of needing everything. 
You see, it got reversed in the story. The rich man experiences profound need for the first time in his life, and Lazarus experiences the need for nothing for the first time in his life. And when the rich man, who is used to having everything that he needs, sees this disparity in his experience in death and Lazarus's experience in death, he calls out to the same ancestor, Abraham, to send Lazarus, as a servant to tend to his needs. You see, even in death, Lazarus is a tool for the rich man to use. So then, you know, that's tragic, all of it in its own right. But this, I think, is the most tragic moment we see in the story Abraham explains to the rich man that Lazarus cannot help, not will not, cannot help the rich man because the chasm that exists between them is too wide to be crossed. The distance between these two characters is too far for Lazarus to provide help, even if he wanted to. And I imagine that Lazarus did want to help. Suffering in life often brings with it a dose of compassion to the suffering in others. I'm sure that Lazarus wanted to help, but couldn't. And the reason he couldn't has nothing to do with the afterlife in heaven and hell. If we read this passage and only wonder which place we might arrive in after death, it would be missing the point. The parable is about so much more than rewards and punishments in the life that is to come. This parable, this story, is all about how we live our lives today. The chasm that exists between the rich man and Lazarus is built up every single day. Every time the rich man walks past the need directly in front of him to do the things that boost his reputation, his ego, and his fortune, the chasm grows wider. Every time the rich man congratulates himself for the gifts that he has without sharing them, the chasm grows wider. Every time the rich man offers judgment about the circumstances that may have led Lazarus into homelessness, the chasm grows wider. Every time the rich man hesitates with his generosity because he doesn't trust that his money will be used well, the chasm grows wider. The chasm isn't just about wealth and poverty. It isn't just about stuff and the absence of it. It isn't just about sickness and healing. The chasm between the rich man and Lazarus is the same chasm it's the same rift that we experience today between us who share the same neighborhoods. Right? Every time we pull into our driveway or into our garage and make a quick run into the front door because we don't want to make small talk with our neighbor, the chasm between us grows. Every time we throw headphones on, in the coffee shop so no one will talk to us, the chasm between us grows. 
Every time we choose to skip a community event or a worship service because we'd just rather be alone, the chasm grows. Every time we cancel plans at the last minute because we just let too many things get in the way and eat too much time, the chasm grows. Every time we walk away just because it's starting to get hard, the chasm grows. And as the parable warns us, there might be a time where we're in need of help But because we've isolated ourselves so much, the chasm that we've built up between us and the people around us is too wide for our needs to be met. Do you see what's happening in this story? We get preoccupied. We get hyper-focused. We get caught up in our ego's desire to be productive efficient and well thought of. We got caught up in our ego's need to be evaluated well, and we limit our time and energy to doing the things that make us look good. And y'all, often the things that make us look good don't build bridges. And you can see it every day. We're more isolated now than we have ever been. Which is why the church, I think, matters so much. The church is the place where the chasm between us begins to be filled. See, the author of the Gospel of Luke knows and knew the truth. We cannot live into a truly abundant life alone. It can't happen. Abundant life comes from community. Abundant life awakens within us when we begin to see the people around us as gifts of God. Abundant life grows within us when we experience it, the blessing of sharing what we have with other people. It really is just that simple. There's a reason that generous people are always happier than stingy ones. Have you ever noticed this? God created us to be in relationship with the people around us and we experience the fullness of a life lived alongside God when we learn to embrace the people who are already in our path. It is just that simple. Sharing life with a community of people whose only common ground might be that we trust God is doing something through Christ to redeem us all. That might be a starting place. Sharing life with a community of people who are honest about their shortcomings and gracious with their patience is enough of a starting place. Sharing what we have with a humble heart in ways that benefit the community is enough of a starting place. And when we learn to do that, when we allow that to build up within us, the chasm that exists between each of us begins to be filled with a fertile soil. And that fertile soil is the place for good fruit to grow. Paul calls it the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. And it's only in the fertile soil that fills in the chasms between us that they can grow. But the chasm must be filled. That's the work that we're called to. 
to fill the chasms that exist between us and this world, and it is getting harder to do that every single day. It's hard work. It is good work. And it needs to be done. Thanks be to God. Amen.